Hello and welcome back to the Babble Screen. Uh, myself, Phil, and my good friend Steve. Hello, Steve. Hello, Phil. Uh, or shut up, Steve, as he's well known on Twitter. And just before we get into sports chat, uh, we we call in Twitter right earlier. Did I see that, Stephen, on on your your page earlier about your username? <laughs> yeah. So I obviously I have uh, re- I, are, I have been rebranded as shut up, Steve, uh, over the last few years or so, and. Uh, I was I went to see could I change my Twitter handle to shut up Steve, but there's a Twitter user who has never tweeted, has one follower and has tweeted uh, or has two people that he follows, and he has the at shut up Steve Twitter handle and I can't get it. So Teddy, sorry. You're all right. Teddy making his first appearance on the on the bubble screen. Hello, Teddy. Teddy making his first appearance on the bubble screen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm leaving that in, by the way, because uh, yeah, absolutely. That's 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 yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, that was that's very my very important. Uh, so yeah, I called Twitter out today. I told them to give me the the username, the cowards, but uh, surprisingly, they haven't replied. <laughs> so if you just vanish from Twitter for a while, we'll know what's happened. Exactly. Um, this week we're going to be we're going to be very heavily focused on the NFL because it comes back uh, tomorrow night, folks. This is Wednesday, the. 9th of September, we're recording, it's about 8 o'clock here in Ireland. Tomorrow night, uh, the Chiefs play the Texans, which is, is a very exciting game, obviously, with what, what happened last year. Um, so we're going to chat about that, we're going to chat about the up-and-coming uh, season and the restart uh, this weekend. And we're going to look back to what happened last night uh, in the NBA, because the Heat dumped the Bucks, and we're going to chat about that and Janice, and also the Lakers. Uh, this sort of surprise everyone, and we're going to get into that and, and how they change things, and how they potentially look like okay, maybe they are the maybe they are the best team in basketball. But I think I say that every week about a different team now. Um Yeah, no, but I think that's fair. I'm I'm I, I just noticed I'm nodding away here at what you're saying and nobody can see me nod. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, that I think yeah, there's lots there's lots to catch up on this week. Um but I think yeah, NFL is the focus. I don't think either of us really thought it might be back. Uh, so it's kind of surreal that it's crept up on us that it is actually happening. Yeah, and like I'm more excited for it than I am the Premier League start and they both start this weekend. Mm. No, ah. it's it it's it's well like you've won your title now as a Liverpool fan, so you can thank you. Hopefully, not win another one for thirty years. That would be amazing. Uh, that happened a lot when I was born. That happened, and now Finn's been born. And oh, I, you've cursed it now. Ah, uh, we've bollocks it. Yeah, um, get you'd have to get me on your uh, on the on on uh, the soccer podcast sometime just to troll Liverpool fans for the entire episode. Well, we we have been told before we need to get some Manchester United influence on it because it's too much. But we just love slagging United. That's um, <laughs> well, we will get you on because we know you're good for it. Um, the NFL starts back tomorrow night. Now, I don't know if I'll see tomorrow night's game live. I reckon I'll be in big trouble with Sarah if I stay up late to watch it and have to go to work. But I'm I'm stupidly excited about it. We're going to talk about it at the moment. The teams probably sleeping on. But are you excited now that the NFL is coming back this weekend, Steve? Uh, I don't know if I get excited about football coming back. I'm looking forward to it. I am more than I thought I would be because like the pandemic, like is obviously still huge, and there's still all the issues of social justice in the states. And you know, the worry is always that sports will be used to kind of wash all that away and and hope that people forget that it's happening. And you look at college football, for example, and in the University of Georgia. The Georgia Bulldogs are one of the like most high-profile teams in college football. Fourteen hundred cases of COVID nineteen in the University of Georgia alone uh, in the last two weeks, and they're talking about playing football. So it just seems weird to me that we're doing this 
when all this stuff is happening in the background with 200,000 people dead in the US and then moving on to the social justice stuff and I know people are probably like oh would you stop banging on about this but it is kind of sports is used to distract us from from this so part of me feels that that's one side of my brain and the other side of my brain is is really excited to see what's going to happen. It's the first time in 20 years we don't have Belichick and Brady together on the same team. It's uh, the first time we have seven teams from each conference qualifying for the playoffs. There's a huge amount. Joe Burrow, probably the most hyped rookie QB coming into the league since Andrew Luck. There's a huge amount to kind of look forward to and dissect. Um, But I suppose it's just having that cognitive dissonance to kind of step away from all the other stuff and, and sit down and just enjoy the sport. Um, so that's where, that's kind of where I am. But like, look, the league has done a good job. We haven't played a single uh, game and there nobody has traveled cross country and nobody has done, I stayed in a new hotel and like that. But the league has conducted 59,000 tests and had 10 positives. So the players are being careful. Um, and that's a good sign that we might have a league. I, like we'll get onto fantasy chat and we've we've a rule in all of my leagues that if we don't get past season eight, everyone's refunded their money or the league's not. It's considered null and void. So I think that's the benchmark. If we can get halfway through the season, I think everyone would be kind of happy that well, maybe it was good that we went ahead with this. Do you think we'll get fans in at some point? Uh, some of the stadiums are going to let fans in from from the start um, the smarter ones aren't because I think it's just too risky at this stage but I like fans in an NFL stadium make a massive difference because you know anyone who's watched the game will know that the fans all go really quiet when the home team has the ball and get really loud when the away team has the ball because you want the, 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 the road team to struggle to be able to make their plays and make the calls into the field and you can see that sometimes with um, opposing quarterbacks, visiting quarterbacks, having to like jam their hands into their ears to try and block up the noise just so they can hear the call uh, from the sideline as to what play to run next. So that's going to be different to see that. I know stadiums are going to pump crowd noise in and things like that, um, but I don't think it will have the same effect as, the, like, say, you know, uh, Century Link Field in, in, in Seattle, where, like, you know, I think it's, it's broken Guinness World Records for noise and things like that. So that's going to be strange to watch. And... Um, but I think again, it just if that levels the playing field because like if you if you bet on the NFL, you know that the home team always has a three point advantage in a game, and part of that is because of the crowd noise that doesn't exist anymore. So it'd be really interesting to see how that works out in terms of will we see more road wins than we've ever seen before. That's a storyline to look out for. So there's lots, there is lots to look forward to, um, and I think yeah, it just feels like I think it's just because it feels like it just crept up on us. Because basketball is happening in a weird way this year, and baseball started late, and all of these things that we we kind of didn't, you know, our body clocks have kind of been out of whack. So it's almost it's almost reassuring to be able to just, you know, it's the the second week in September, football back. It's kind of nice. Yeah, it it, it feels like another step towards uh normality although i don't think we'll ever go back to normality this uh, the whole the, the phrase that, that's been so popular is obviously the new normal uh, I, I think we're just gonna have to get used to how things go and i think we will get a full season because i just think they're that brute ignorant at times over there uh, and, and that's not me being that's not me being um 
derogatory towards them. I just think they'll ply on with it. They'll just get it done. They'll just keep going and keep going. And uh, hopefully, if they do, it's at a minimal cost to anything that goes on. And hopefully, we obviously don't lose anyone and, and have any serious, serious illness. But I do think that they will get through this and get it done because, like, we people talk about soccer being a, a, a in in the world in its own planet because of the finances the nfl is like a level above <laughs> that <laughs> do you know what i mean or what goes on so i think they'll look they'll do that and try to get it done but it's interesting you touched on um you know road teams maybe performing better like one of the teams that everyone keeps talking about that's gonna uh, possibly win their division and be one of the teams to look out for is the buffalo bills but they're not gonna have. They're not gonna have those tailgate parties anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, I heard it yeah. on. Was it? Was it on? Um, I think it was on Simmons's podcast last night with cousin Sal. He was talking about <laughs> they'll be in their own houses, putting themselves through their own tables now instead of putting themselves through tables at tailgate parties. But they're not gonna have that now. Yes. And that is massive. Like, like that is gonna really affect some of these teams. Like the Vikings, another one. Certainly, pardon me, Seattle. Um. At, at, as you said, at, at Century Field or whatever, they're not going to have that back and behind them. So it is going to really... So, like, I know people are talking about the Chiefs because they're unbelievable and they have Patrick Mahomes and whatever, and we'll get into that a little bit more. But it has massively just split this across. Yeah. What I'm trying to get to is, how can we stop Bill Belichick from winning it again? Oh, Bill, the, the Patriots aren't going to win it. Uh... Oh, no, Stephen, this is going back far. No, it's not. It's the... The, the Patriots have more chance of uh, being the number one overall pick than they do within the Super Bowl. It's not going to happen. Um, for a simple reason, I think Cam Newton is a phenomenal selection for them. I think he'll do really well in uh, in that offense. The problem is the same problem Tom Brady had, that he doesn't have receivers around him. Um because Brady never had, and he was able to survive. He made the players around him better. Um, what? I don't know if Newton is good enough. I think there has to be a worry about how long it took him to get signed. And I think we spoke about this on a very early yeah. Babble screen about how you know teams couldn't see him in person, so it was really uh, difficult to kind of judge how much the shoulder has um, has healed. But I think. There's a couple of positive signs that players voted him as a team captain, which doesn't happen unless someone is a pretty good guy in the locker room and they have a lot of respect for him. Um, and he has been named the starter, which you know is obviously more beneficial than, than us not knowing uh, who's going to start on Sunday. But I just think... I just don't see it. I, like They've lost so many players who opted out, more so than any others, and they'd already lost players on that defence to their contracts and things like that. So... Yeah, I'm not saying it. I don't, there's like the the books um, are a much more interesting prospect for a Super Bowl uh, than than the Patriots. I think I think the Patriots could well finish third in that division uh, after winning it so often over the past few years. Um, I do think they could finish as low as third in that division. They won't finish last because the Jets still exist as a team. Um, but I think the Dolphins might surprise a few people, and I think the Bills do win that division. Um. Just on, like, are we then looking at and like they're gonna end up having one maybe crap season, the Patriots, 
uh, and then potentially end up as the way American sports back. So we could end up knowing Bill Belichick and knowing how they are. And like there's sometimes you've just it's 20 years of pure dominance that they've had. Well, they're going to come back here in about two years' time. We're going to be like, oh, the Patriots are back winning it again. Like, do you know what I mean? Is is there because you 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 watch it more than I do? Is there anyone coming through for them next year? For is is there a real advantage for them to get number one pick next year? Because sometimes someone will get number one pick in the draft. And there won't be that much ahead of them. There won't be that much in it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But but is there is there, who who's coming through that it would be more beneficial for them to just to sack this season off or tank it as this season off and just take the number one pick? Oh, it's Trevor Lawrence, the the quarterback with Clemson. Um, consensus already. Um, number one pick next year. Um. Is hadn't hadn't had not lost a game of football in high school or college until he lost in the national championship game to LSU uh, this January. It seems like a lifetime ago. Mm. Had had literally won every game he had played, um, thirty games in college, and he started twenty six of them and has won twenty nine of them. Um, and his high school record is like a ridiculous amount. Because I think I can find it here. In front of me. See, if people are like me and who would have just used to watch NFL and then had it as their only version of American football they would have watched, they yeah. wouldn't pay any attention to this. So when I used to hear teams would be tanking or teams wouldn't be giving mm-hmm. Karen because they're gonna I'd be thinking, Well that's like that's a, that's a bit wild, like you're really yeah. taking a big risk there. But obviously you know more than me, and you're saying that Trevor Lawrence is coming through and we we all people will know about Trevor Lawrence that listen to this podcast, but people mightn't. So that's some record that's gonna be you know, <laughs> that he's already boasting. Yeah, like, and here's here's the thing: like, he 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 like he came out of high school, as people already know. He was the high school football player of the year in 2017. Like, everyone knew how good he was. He won two states. Yeah, 41 games with the Purple Hurricanes of uh, Cartersville High School in Georgia. Like, he won 41 out of 41, two state championships, four regional titles two high school player of the year on it. Like this guy, six foot six, two hundred and twenty pounds, he long blonde hair, attractive looking man, is your like if you created a quarterback in the lab, this is it's Trevor Lawrence. Like um and as I said, he has just that one loss in the record. So whoever whoever has a dreadful season this year. So your teams that are kind of in the running uh, you're looking at the Jets. Will they want another quarterback? Will they give up on Sam Darnold that quickly? Maybe uh, you, the Jags, definitely in the running. They do need a quarterback. Gardner Minshew is not the answer there. Um, and then the Patriots, because like the the Cam Newton deal could turn out to be brilliant, uh, and he could still be a phenomenal, but he could still be brilliant and that not be good enough. Um, so I think teams teams in the NFL find it really hard to tank because. They don't want to. They only have to play eight game home games a season, so they find it really hard. Like they don't want to be have those games empty because fans think that they're losing on purpose. But now, if fans aren't an issue, there is another like reason why teams might tank more than normal. Um, so yeah, Lawrence is Lawrence is like as short. He's as sure a thing as you can have coming out of uh, coming out of college. So, but like. That's a hard season to endure to like have one or two wins because it's going to be a team that only has one or two wins out of sixteen games, and we might not have have a full college season. As I said about the the, mm. the, George, the, the Georgia and, and Georgia in the SEC and um, as well, and 
I think that, yeah, I think teams, no one's going to be unhappy with having the number one overall pick, put it that way. And the same way the Bengals this year with Joe Burrow, where like, you can't ask for a better kind of guy falling to your lap like that. Um, and yeah, so I think if I'm a Patriots fan, if I'm going to have a bad season, this is the bad season I want to have because you've got, you've got Trevor Lawrence sitting there. I would like them to have a bad season every season. Oh, so would I. I'm sick of winning. It just gets, it comes, <laughs> boring. They're, they're the Man United of American football, and I apologize to no one. Um, Steve, you were mentioning the Buccaneers. They're in potentially the, the game of the first round uh, when they play the Saints. And you talk about uh, Tom Brady. Everybody knows what's going to happen there, and they're going to be the team everyone's going to follow and talk about this year because he's at a new team, and we're, we have never seen it before. But he's with a Bruce Arians offense. Now, as an offensive coordinator, does that offense suit him? Because Brady is he's an old man now yeah. in the NFL. Uh, he doesn't like getting smashed up. He can't run very quick to get himself out of the way anyway. And we've seen before, if he doesn't like anything, he'll just instantly get rid of it and he'll stop it because he knows what he's doing. Like, let's get rid of it. You know what I mean? He's Tom Brady. So do you, do you think this will work? Because a lot of people seem to be on... A bit of a hype that this is going to work and the Bucks are going to surprise everyone and he's got decent receivers and Fournette and different things and Gronk and whatever and I'm just not so sure on it just yet because uh, nothing disrespecting Bruce Nairns I think Bruce Nairns is very good but it's it's is it not completely different to what he's used to? It's a very different offense than what he's used to. Bruce Arians is very much a stretch the field, throw the ball long, uh, play caller. And that's not what Josh McDonald's did in New England. It was dink and dunk. It was death by a million paper cuts. Um, Tom Brady probably hasn't had this level of quality as of an offense since about 2007 season, when like the 2007 Patriots are probably the best team. Like, they didn't win at all, but they're probably the best team we've ever seen in football um, in terms of offense. Um. So, but it's it's a very different type of offense now. So we've spoken to this. We've spoken about this before. The best coordinators adapt to their quarterback. They don't try to force their quarterback to adapt to them. So Arians would seem to have his he the words coming out of the books camp is that they're adapting to Brady but Bruce Arians famously can't be trusted with anything he says to the media if he tells you that <laughs> if, no but honestly like if he tells no, you no. if, if OJ Howard is the starting tight end it's going to be Cameron Bright if he tells you that Mike Evans is injured and might not play this weekend he's going to catch three touchdowns and go for 250 yards like he just he just look that's just the way he operates so it's You've got a coach with 40 years coaching experience of doing it one way, and you've got a player with 20 years playing experience of doing it another way. Like, something has to give there. But there's a reason we call Brady the greatest quarterback to ever play the game, and it's like he will be smart enough to know where his, where his bread is buttered. Like, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, OJ Howard, Cameron Bray, Leonard Fournette, the, the, the pleasure of running backs they have there. And most of them are pass catching running backs as well, which Brady loves. Like Brady lives off pass catching running backs. Um, but he's 43. And that's yeah. what we need to remember. Like, I mean, I'm, it's, it's by the time people are listening to this, I will be 38. It will be my birthday. Um, you. I know, yeah. I'm so old. I am old as shit, right? And <laughs> I, 
I'm at 38. I would not fancy going out onto an NFL field. Tom Brady is five years, full five years older than me, um, and like. I don't know, my hip hurts, my shoulder hurts, and I'm not playing professional football. So um, these things have to be of concern. Uh, but at the same time, the Bucks defense was quietly one of the better ones in the latter half of last season. And if it stays around the same, they have got such a good chance. Like the, the Saints are coming in very hyped as well. This is definitely the hype ball of week one. Um, but I would... I have a sneaky suspicion the books will live up to the hype while the Saints might not. If 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 you were Bruce Arians, or no, take, take him out of it, you've just been handed, you're now a head, uh, uh, head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Congratulations, Steve. Thanks. Uh, obviously, I'm moving with you to Tampa. I've yeah. been there before, and we're going. Uh, what offense are you going with? If you, if, you have, if you have that, those players in front of you, you have Tom Brady and, and those receivers, what are you going with? I'm probably going with a hybrid of what I like to do and what um what Brady is used to. I would build in some think and dunk. I would make sure that the, the running backs are available as pass catchers on every day. I I love running backs whose job is not to block, is their job is to is to be a pass catcher. Um I think what like I think what has to happen is it has to be the style of 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 Arians or my style, which is to be really aggressive, but in the way Brady is used to doing it. So if the long shot is there, of course Brady can hit the deep ball. It might not have the same velocity as it used to, but he can still hit the deep ball. But I would make the deep ball available by scheming lots and lots of shorter passes underneath the underneath the, the linebackers. Make everything like make the other team stack the box by, by by having a real threat in the short pass and run game and letting the likes of Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin and, and even Gronk. We don't know what Gronk's going to be. Like, cause he, he retired, like, you know. Um, we don't know what he's going to be. So I think, like, give give my best players, my three best receivers, a a a one-on-one shot. Try and match them up one-on-one so that nobody, nobody's double-teamed by having everyone everything else short. Um, that's how I do it. Um, I do a lot of. I'd have a lot of play action because I think that's going to be crucial to them. I like I I I nearly given the fact that Brady is forty three to protect them. I'd nearly have the the books break the record for percentage play action in the season. Um, there won't be there won't be seven step drops. There won't be you know five, six, seven, eight seconds to throw the ball. None of that will be happening. It'll be I I'd have a I'd make Brady I'd force Brady to have a like a clock in his head that if if he doesn't have an open receiver after three seconds, that there's either an outlet ball to a running back or he throws it away at to the sideline because the opposing team can't get the ball off you if it's on the sideline. Yeah. So um yeah, I think that's the, the approach I'd take anyway if I was a coach. Do, like, are you on that hype train? Do you think the box will surprise people? I think it's either going to be they're either going to be a Super Bowl contender or we'll know within two weeks that it's an absolute shit show and everyone has made a terrible mistake. And I know that sounds like sitting on the fence, but it really is boom or bust at them. They're not going to be an eight and eight team. They're either going to be a four and twelve team or a twelve and fourteen. Um and that's what I certainly see how it goes. I'm edging more towards twelve and four. 
Um, I'm just really interested in the experiment, to be absolutely honest with you. Um, because we all, for, for, for 12 years, I, I, I'm writing about football and talking about football. I, I've wondered, is it Belichick or is it Brady? And this is the first year we get to see who it might be. Um, yeah. Now, I don't feel like Belichick has as much of a chance as Brady obviously does for the reasons we've outlined. But I do feel like it's good for all of us to get to see, well, I'm sure Tom Brady would love nothing more than to, to lift a Vince Lombardi without the Belichick standing so he's be up by his side because that's immense how important he was to the, the Patriots dynasty. If he was to do this, would it be one of the greatest uh, achievements in sport? Oh, a 43-year-old winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. Making with a new the, team? Yeah, with the, in the most physical demanding sport, one of the most physical um, demanding sports we have. Absolutely a huge. Like I, it's for me, it would be a huge, huge achievement. Yeah. Um, you just touched on it, and this is for any any beginners or anything, or like myself that's sort of trying to pick up on more technical things in the NFL. Because it, like, the one of the reasons why I love it is because uh, it is so technical, and there's so many different phrases, so many different plays, whatever goes on, and and I'm trying to learn it, which is why I roped you onto the podcast. So basically, got you to come on so you can teach me. Yeah. You said play action. So if anyone's listening to this and haven't heard that before, just describe what, 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 what does a play action play mean? So a play action play is where you set everything up to look like a run and the quarterback even goes as far as pretending to hand the ball off to the running back. The running back, instead of what you... I, I'm, I'm doing this with my hand and nobody can no, see it again. To me anyway. yeah, yeah, but the running back will... When the ball hits him at the, the mesh point, the running back clamps his hands down onto it. That's when the quarterback releases his grip and that's why you don't get fumbled, or you shouldn't get fumbled, because it's perfectly in sync. What happens in play action is that they do that, except the, the running back never clamps his hands down until after the, the quarterback pulls the ball away. Then the running back clamps his hands down as if he has the football and runs to a gap as if he would be running the football. The hope is that the the safety, the the free safety, uh, or sorry, the yeah, the strong safety, and the linebackers will think that he has the ball for long. It only has to be half a second, but that they'll think he has the ball uh, and commit to the run, which at that half second is maybe a three-yard gap for a receiver, and that's all the space he needs for separation to, to catch a pass. So that's really what it is. And there's the opposite of that is a draw play, where you drop back and you everything is set up as if it's a passing play, and then at the very, very, very last second, like almost after the, like it looks as if the running back is set up to block. Then you hand the ball to the running back, and hopefully nobody has stacked the box because they think it's a passing play. So the the box, and I, I, I'm very conscious that I keep talking about the box. The box is the space behind the defensive line, mm-hmm. um, and that's when when they say stacking the box, it means filling that space so that inside inside run plays don't get through. Uh, and on a draw play, you hope that they empty the box so that you, you've you got a, a really nice three, four, five, maybe even more yard gain up the, up the middle. Um, and both are really interesting ways to kind of cheat the defense. And that's what, our, that's what football is. It's, it's, it's trying to gain a half a second, a heartbeat on, on, on the defense every single time. And likewise, as a, as a defense, you're trying to guess what the other team are doing. You're trying to, you're looking at the way they're, their, their form that they, they, they've set up uh, have the three receivers how many tight ends do they have and that they're you're looking for clues and tendencies as to what happens uh, when they do that so you know say for example the rams the rams have two tight ends in 
um, I think it's like 75% of the time it's run play. Um, the teams have lots of tendencies like that, and you watch out for it. So I think, um, yeah, I'm like, like I, all of this is kind of second nature to me because I obviously, ha- I'm a coach as well as uh, someone who, who's kind of like right to talk about um, football. But yeah, if anyone ever has any questions for, for the Babbitt screen uh, about different aspects of, of how NFL offenses and defense work, please do send them in. I'm more than happy to answer. Yeah, please do, because I don't want it just be me asking. Every, I will continue to ask because I want to learn, like, but I don't want it just to be me and um, to have some of your questions in. And that was brilliant, Steve. I appreciate that. Um, we're gonna before we move on to talk about a bit of fantasy chat, because um, we both had very interesting drafts uh, in our own separate leagues. Um, who is the team everyone is sleeping on this year, and why is it Tennessee Titans? <laughs> Um, yeah, I got a bit of pushback for that uh, Tennessee Titans uh, to win the the Super Bowl. Hmm. Um, I think people forget that the Titans were half a football away from playing in uh, the Super Bowl mm-hmm. for forty to fifty minutes of a sixty-minute game against the the Kansas City Chiefs. They were the best team. Um, what? you can't account for is Patrick Mahomes doing Patrick Mahomes things. Um, I think the coaching is there. I think they've now, Jadavian Clowney is there on defense. They've become much stronger on defense. The only question is, can Ryan Tannehill live up to what he did last year? Um, I don't, That, but like every team's, success hangs on, on their quarterback. I don't think there's a question with the coaching. I don't think there's a question with the personnel. Um, so I think people are just so used to the Titans being bad that they're, like people just see the name. People who don't follow the NFL maybe as closely as you and I do um, see, the, see the Titans and think, oh yeah, they're a joke team. Like, but the Titans consistently, uh, fair enough, it's a traditionally trash division, but they <laughs> consistently make the playoffs. Um, and I think the Jags are a really bad team this year. The Indianapolis Colts have Philip Rivers as quarterback, and Rivers is just as likely to throw a pick as he is a touchdown on any given play. Um, and the Houston Texans got rid of the Houston Texans have, I think, in terms of pure quarterback, the best quarterback in the league in yep. in, in uh, Deshaun Watson, where he is let down is that he doesn't have the coaching that uh, Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson have. Um, but I think Deshaun Watson is a fantastic quarterback, but he's just lost his best receiver to Arizona because Bill O'Brien, as bad a coach he is, he's an even worse GM. Yeah, and, and you know what as well, just just a touch on that. Yeah. That gets passed around, seems to be by uh, NFL media or, or whatever, and Bill O'Brien, as, as a joke, that Bill O'Brien is actually, oh yeah, he messes things up, but he's he he seriously messes things up. He does, yeah. Like, like, I, 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 there's no, there's no, there's, and this is this is horrible to say this about someone in their job. He shouldn't be in that a job. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, yeah. what, and, and that's that's look, and that's a horrible thing to say about someone. But he, as as a sports fan, like he he is balls and that up royally. 
Yeah, well, like, if you think about the lead that the Texans had on the Chiefs in the the round before the AFC Championship mm-hmm. game, like, Texans should have won that game. They had a chance to go four scores up, and he settled for a field goal on fourth and one when he should have gone for another touchdown. And I think I tweeted at the time, oh, look, Bill O'Brien, the GM, has taken over from Bill O'Brien, the coach. Um, and because that's where he's at then. You see, he comes from, he comes from the, the Bill Belichick system. Yeah. Um, he was one of the first ones, wasn't he? To yeah. move on. Yeah. Yeah, and he he sees that the only he thinks the only way of running a, a team is by being the coach and the GM, and it's just not working for him. It's just not working for them at all in, in Houston. Um, because when you when you get rid of someone like uh, New Hopkins, like it's just too big a loss. Um, you just can't do that to your franchise quarterback to lose his best receiver. Um, so yeah, so uh, that's going back to the point about, uh, about the division. Like, I mean, I think that's why the Titans. That's how they get out of the division. Like, they're they're by for me, they're by far the best team in the division. So that's them through, maybe as a first or second seed because they win. I would say five of the six division games. Then you have, if you're the first or second seed, you avoid the Chiefs till the AFC Championship game, and then. You've as good a chance. You you know you have a puncher's chance against the Chiefs uh, in in that game, and that's assuming that the, the someone like the Ravens uh, don't take care of the Chiefs in an earlier round. So that's how they get into the Super Bowl, and I don't. I think the AFC is a lot stronger than the NFC. Yeah. Um, I think up and down. Um, there are more contenders for the more legitimate contenders for the Super Bowl in the AFC than there is in the NFC. But that's kind of where I see it. Like, I mean, it looks stupid when they finish 2-14 and 14 or whatever the case may be. <laughs> I, fully, I fully accept that. But, yeah, they're, they are my tip to kind of, if, if there's going to be a shock Super Bowl winner, uh, it'll be the Tennessee Titans. Would you, I would say the top three teams are in the AFC. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I think, Chiefs, I, Chiefs, Ravens, and, um, and Titans. Yeah, I'd probably, in terms of, like, in terms of, like, not being Steve and not trying to make a contrarian pick, I would probably put the Seahawks ahead of the Titans. Uh, but they're, nice. they're, they're the only NFC team that I put ahead of, of, of the Titans, and I wouldn't put them anywhere near the, the Chiefs or, or Ravens. And, uh, and they're the only team where the quarterback has to run for his life every single play. Exactly, yeah. And, and they're doing it all despite trying their best not to make it work. You know, Aye. they're trying yeah. to kill him, and he keeps he keeps coming up with plays. <laughs> um, so Steve, we, we uh, we'll move on to fancy chat now, and and nobody can see me, but Steve's probably wondering why I keep bouncing on my phone. But it's because I'm marking down the minutes because I did get a, a, a few comments back from people that listened last week that enjoyed the fact that we put what part what time segment started at. Now I, I hope you aren't skipping past segments, yeah. <laughs> or I'll stop doing it. And I'm only joking. Um, so I'll just put them in there, but we're going to chat about fantasy now because um, fantasy is back. I missed it for two years, and I'm not going to lie, I actually regretted it. I really, really did. Uh, I should have went back last year, and I don't know why I didn't, and then I'm so glad I was last to go in this year, back into the league uh, with people that people that I know, and I'm in that WhatsApp group now, so hopefully they're listening. Hello to everyone, and, and let's enjoy fantasy, and I hope I win and smash you all. Um, so I'm really excited about it, and I think I think it's a good way for beginners or someone that isn't maybe interested in the NFL just yet to get into the NFL, because you find yourself getting, pardon me, so engrossed with what's going on now and with players going on. Now, 
we'll get to my team first because um well you, you I can let you talk about what happened in your league. Um so I auto drafted because um because I have child and child needed looked after and Steve's much better at looking after his <laughs> children than I am. Well you heard Teddy had started a good podcast. So. <laughs> yeah, well Teddy Teddy's chief. He like he's CEO of the sports bubble. So um yeah, I I did auto draft. Now, on last week's show, we talked about how you wouldn't draft any dickheads. Yes. And I auto-drafted Kareem Hunt and Terry Kill. Yeah. You, like, I mean, you didn't go for Joe Mixon as well, just to kind of I was going to throw him in start of badness to just soil myself even more. Um, no, I, I was not. But yeah, not, not, not an ideal start, but, but I did manage to shift uh, Terry Kill in a trade, which was done within two minutes of the league being finished, and I was very grateful for that. Thank you, Ryan. Um, so I'll read out my team, folks. I'm competing for the Yaya Bowl uh, as part of the league uh, of, of one of the TV shows used to be on called The League of a Fancy. Um, so I, I was I already dipped into waivers, Stephen, I'll have you know. Ooh. Got myself Jimmy Garoppolo. Nice. Mostly because he's absolutely beautiful. Um, so right. Jimmy, of Jimmy G, then I got, I was delighted with this now, I got Saquon Barkley. Nice. Yep. I got Miles Sanders, although he is injured, but he is training one-to-one today. And I looked earlier because I'm a nerd now, and he actually went, that went okay. But I see there's some breaking news on <laughs> Fancy Night, so he's probably dust. Uh-oh. In the trade, I got Robert Woods from LA, which might be enough. That's, that's decent. I have Adam Thielen. Um, I have Darren Waller from the yes. Raiders. And then I have Devon Singletary. Um, uh, as running back at the end, and my defense, my kicker is Butker from yeah. Kansas City. He'll be doing a lot of kicks hopefully this season. And then I have Pittsburgh Steelers uh, as my defense. Now, Stephen, when I sent you my team, I had uh, Kyler Murray as my starting quarterback, and you said I was I did okay. But when I add Jimmy Butler in, I'm changing it to Devin Singletary, Singletary from Buffalo. You think I've done all right there? I don't think you have a bad team at all. Uh, I think where you're going to get let down is oh, no. I don't, no, 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 no. I think I think it's I think it's a good team. I think Waller is a fantastic pickup at tight end. I think people are kind of underrating him. Um, I think you've done very well to get Saquon Barkley. Um, I know you can't get rid of Hunt. You haven't been able to to do that just yet. Um, Robert Woods is good. Did you lose Juju Smith-Schuster or did you say you had him? No, I have him. I just haven't put him back in yet. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, like just for me, I think you've got a really good team. I think... Um, um, oh, what's his name from the Philadelphia Eagles who you just mentioned? Oh, yeah, Sanders. Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders, Sanders. Yeah. I think Miles Sanders... Uh, I think that's where your issue might be because I think... He's been predicted for a 2,000-yard season, which is very possible. The Eagles' offensive line is bad. Um, and I think I, I, I spoke about it in my... I think it was in my like season preview, like that if you have a player um, who is demanding more money to play a different position, it's just going to cause a load of unrest in the dressing room, uh, which is what's happening on that offensive line. Um, so I think that might be an issue for you, but I think there's no reason. Um, obviously, I don't can't see the other teams in your league, but 
I mean, I'd be pretty confident in making the the IA Bowl, if not winning it. I have to say. <laughs> Do my teams call the the Babel Screen Readers? Nice. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was happy enough. Like I, I'm still only a baby at this crack. Like you know what I mean. So I, I'm still gonna enjoy it. Um, I have on my bench. Um, well, I won't have Cream Hunt in about two minutes. I'm about to drop him. Nobody take wants to take him on a trade, and I don't want them. I've Juju Smith. I've Austin Hooper, tight end from the Browns. I've Marquise Brown from Baltimore. Um, uh, Tariq Cohen, a running back, so I can probably slot him in for for Miles if Miles Sanders is going to be injured. Um, and then I'll try to pick something up. But what I find with fancy, and we'll get to talk to your about your team in a minute because you actually did a draft, so you can talk us a little bit about that. Is I love it when after the first game, because if someone shit the bed, then it's like right, I'm gonna trade. And then once one trade starts within your group, I don't know if it's the same with yours. Then it all kicks off, and it's all teams are trying to do this. And you you know when people are trying to, they're almost too good to be true deals trying to do with you, and you know they're at something. I love all that. I love how it gets all messy, and and then people are trying to do side bets and all this. Yeah, I love all that. So it's brilliant. Like I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I'm up against Stephanie. I think. In our league in the first game, um, I think she'll absolutely dust me, to be honest. Like, uh, she knows what she's at, and her fancy, and I don't. And she has Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, um, but, like, she probably drafted uh, him too early. When did she draft him? I think she went first or second. Yeah, I'm see, not that's, so sure. You know, see, that's nonsense, like, because, right, the, how you work, like, and no offence to Stephanie, right, but uh, people, like, people did in every draft I was in, they drafted Patrick Mahomes too early. Like, they draft kickers, and they, like, they draft defences too early, right? Here's the thing, right? But how you win fantasy is that your player is X percent, scores X percent more points than any other player at that position, right? Which is why the zero RB strategy we spoke about last week is so successful because when you're drafting the best receivers, everyone else is drafting running backs. Fine. What you're hoping is that when you start drafting running backs and they're drafting receivers, the gap between your best receivers and their and their best receiver is bigger than the gap between your best running backs and their best, best running backs. Patrick Mahomes is phenomenal. He is going to score a ton of points. But you could get to Sean Watson in the sixth round and he might score 40 fewer points over the course of the season. So... But it'll still, like... So you're saying, you're saying even if you want to go Patrick Mahomes, and he is probably the best player in the league at the minute, you know, hanging on for a little bit and maybe getting yourself a better running back or a better wide receiver. Yeah, because like the gap between, say, uh, Christian McCaffrey and uh, Alvin Kamara, say, for example, is going to be much bigger than the gap between Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson or Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson. And you see, that's what you need to play is the gap. So that's what, like, like for me, like, Prove me wrong and win the season, right? But I would never. I, I I have a very set strategy. If I have the number one pick, I pick the best running back in football. If I have anything else, I go with receiver, the best receiver. In the second round, I go with the next best receiver I can get. Then I start drafting starting running backs who can get decent scoring. They may not be the superstars, you know. Um, that you're, you know, that like. You know your first round picks like Saquon or Elliott or Dalvin Cook or any of that, but they'll still be consistent scores. And then my my thinking is that by round six ish, I look at a tight end maybe. Uh, round seven, I look at quarterback. Then I'll draft all my bench players, and then the last two picks, I'll pick a kicker and um, uh, 
and that's the way I've, I've always drafted. And like I was in four leagues last year, I got the three finals and I won two of them. This year I'm in six leagues. Um, oh yeah, uh, and I've taken the same approach to, to them all. And I'm hoping like, it might not work, uh, but it, I found it's worth it. She does have uh, Christian McCaffrey, so I missed the draft, so I imagine she might have went for him. And she also has DeAndre Hopkins, so I could be in a bit of bother here. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, she, she, she definitely didn't take Mahomes in the first round if she has McCaffrey. <laughs> so she must have had the first overall pick and went McCaffrey. Then you're okay to go. Uh, yeah, Mahomes. Mahomes. So I, I actually think I'm going to get absolutely smashed. You are, yeah, you're, you're going to lose. Yeah, quite I, I, yeah. But you know what? Steph knows what she's at, so I'm happy not to lose that. And then I can report on it next week and I'll tell you all how I lost miserably. But um, Stephen, you had a draft last night. Do you want to tell everyone at home how that went? Uh, I had several drafts last night. I'm not, I'm not going to talk about the one where I only drafted one running back because I was too busy uh, trying to mess around with people's heads. <laughs> so I know I, I, will, I was in an option league and I had one fewer space than, than I thought I had left. And I spent $29 of 200 on Antonio Gibson just to make sure I got him. And then realized that I had only drafted one quarterback in that very car. Um, oh, dear. Yeah, like auction leagues are, auction leagues are, are really interesting. Um, if, if people want to try them next year, um, I would recommend trying it, trying it at least once. It's a very different approach. Everyone has $200 to start with. And you should build your team for, for that $200. So, like... Christian McCaffrey is probably worth $65, $70 of that, but that means you're only 130 to fill the other 14 spots and stuff like that. So it's, it's it, the other difference with it is that you're always on. It's like you, you, you have to be available for every pick because you can't just take it off like you can with, with you know, just 12 picks between your picks in, uh, in, in normal snake draft or whatever. So yeah, no, I'm happy enough with the team. Like my approach is, is, is get the stud wide receivers um and build like i'm happy to have like my on, on i'll read my um I'll go through my team here and try to find which one of them <laughs> in the espn file is is it so Derek Carr is my quarterback got him for a dollar i'm happy enough with that i think Carr could have a really good season and i'm really into the um the raiders passing game this year i think could do really well so QB, David Johnson, Antonio Gibson at running back. Um, and I do think that Antonio Gibson, too many people are sleeping on I think he's going to be the breakout uh, running back this year. Um, and I hope he is because I bet on him in every league. Um, I Michael Thomas, T.Y. Hilton and Calvin Ridley as my uh, receivers. Darren Waller as my tight end. And Terry McLaurin, the, the Washington uh, receiver, as my, my sex. But on the bench, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with the likes of Paris Campbell, Henry Rogues, Bryn Edwards, um, Malcolm Brown. Like, I, I don't draw, like, I'm, I'm very much, like, looking at potential. Like, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a ceiling guy rather than a floor guy when it comes to fantasy. Um, and that's where I kind of, like, I hope that my edge is when everyone else is going after the names they recognize. Like, I drafted Bryn Edwards and Paris Campbell last night for a dollar each, like, because everyone's like, who? Uh, and I know from watching the Raiders, like that Brian Edwards has spoken very highly of in that Raiders offense, that Derek Carr specifically talks about him quite a lot. So I think he could have a big role to play this year for the Raiders if the Raiders offense takes. Like the Raiders offense was eight in passing efficiency last year. And I think they're better this year because they've got a deep field threat in Henry Ruggs the third. 
um, which I think will open up that passing game. So, Are you excited about him? I am very excited about the Raiders this year in general. I think they're potentially a playoff team that nobody's talking about. And I'm not just saying that as a fan. I genuinely think that there's something exciting happening with that. And if Derek Carr's last chance, I mean, the Raiders move on from him if they don't make the playoffs this year. So I think that's motivation enough. Um, yeah, so I think people don't sleep on Raiders players this year, especially Darren Waller at the tight end. We both have him at the tight end. He's outside of the big two. Um, I think he's the best tight end in the league, and I think it's only going to get better. Oh, that is as as a new Raider fan. Well, I'm a Steve fan, so just follow me. And um, a new Raider fan, uh, that that's exciting here because we haven't we haven't actually touched about the Raiders. And we're, we're, like you follow the Raiders, I, I'm just about to start following the Raiders. So it's it's going to be our team. We're going to hopefully talk about, and it's our podcast. We'll make it into Raider podcast some week if we want to. So I'm looking forward to it. Like, and they're another team nobody has been mentioning. But do. You, you're in six leagues. How how are you planning on managing this? Uh, set aside an hour every Tuesday to make sure I get, or yeah, every Tuesday to make sure I get on the waiver work uh, and, and make all the picks. And set aside an hour every Sunday to set my team, and that's going to be it. I don't. You, you can obsess over it. Um, you can obsess over it hugely. I know, like. There's guys in my uh, auction league and like it is literally their life for the whole, like since the summer. Um, and I just couldn't be arsed putting that much commitment into like numbers on paper. Like, you know, my friend Paul Hosford always says about people who are really into fantasy that like, you know, what sort of football fan are you if you know the points per reception value of a player over the course of the season, but you couldn't tell me what a cover two is? Um, no, he plays the sport, so like you know, he has like a different feeling as well. But I think like, people can get a little obsessed with fantasy, even more like you know, a lot of people are obsessed with like soccer, fantasy, Premier, Premier League, and stuff like that. Like, NFL is a, like it's a, it's a different level again. Uh, I, I can't actually get in the soccer, the soccer version, like I, I but the, the NFL one grips me, it does. I, I get into it, like, and I love waking up on a Sunday if I've missed the late games and uh, and seeing if I've got any points or who I've beat or whatever. So, yeah, look, I'm looking forward to it as well as the season starting, and, and no doubt we will uh be watching Red Zone together, uh, well, separately, two different counties, like, um, on Sunday and enjoying it, like, um. Uh, and then we'll be talking about it next week. So yeah, and it must be strange for you as well, though. Just to, just before we move on to talk about basketball, that there's no your Sunday now doesn't involve a match for you first. Is yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Or, or even like you're you're not even getting a chance to. Well, maybe no, you probably are planning in the background, but you're not getting a chance to plan sessions or or different things. You know what I mean? So that must be strange for you this yeah, year. It's it's different, but like. Everything is this year, isn't it? So yeah, you just so. kind of adapt to it. Like, uh, one of the main differences in sport, and we talked about it earlier, is the NBA bubble. Um, the first round of playoffs was quite good. There was some Luca, uh, was great in it, obviously, and what he did for the Mavs. But apart from that, there it sort of went the way it was all going to. But the second round. <laughs> Uh, has gone completely different and has thrown up some changes now. Possibly, maybe the Clippers look like they're going to be too strong now for the Nuggets, and you expect them when we wake up tomorrow morning to be three-one ahead. But the Heat, which you called, uh, they absolutely got rid of the Bucks uh, quite comfortably. 
really marched themselves into the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time in a couple of years. Spolstra, uh, like he doesn't get talked about enough of how much of a genius he is. Uh, we talked about him last week when he had the big three with him, but with this team and the way Miami are playing, they are flying. I love watching them. I really want the Miami top. If anyone fancies buying me one for Christmas, thank you. Um, but the big news really, and not to take it away from the Heat, they'll get their time when they play the Eastern Conference Finals and possibly a Finals, but it's Giannis. And where does Giannis? Oh, did you not drop the microphone there? Where does Giannis end up next season? Now, I know you did a poll on uh, on Twitter earlier. Uh, I jumped in. I, I think I'd I'd like it to be the Heat. I don't necessarily think it'll be the Heat, but I'd like it to be the Heat. I know a few people, a few Knicks fans, were hoping they'd join the Knicks. <laughs> uh, no, uh, that's not going to happen. Um, you think, and you'd like to see him join the Dallas Mavericks. However, is that would that be? Would that be at the expense of Porzingis, or would you keep Porzingis there as well? Just one second, I have to just do. I yeah, to, I think that the Mavs to to make it work, they have to they have to keep Porzingis. I think they have the room to to pay Giannis uh, supermax money. Um, the only issue, as 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 someone pointed out on Twitter this morning, is that you know Giannis likes having the ball in his hand. Uh, Luca likes having the ball in his hand. Trey Burke likes having the ball in his hand. Um, that's the issue with the Mavs and the fact that they're in the Western Conference and he might not want to go to the West. He might want his path to the NBA Finals to be a bit easier in the East. Um, I think the Heat uh, is a natural home for him. Uh, I think Toronto is a really, really decent show for him as well. Um, but I think... The one team I can't see him playing with is the Milwaukee Bucks next year. I think he's done. Um, sadly, with the Bucks, um, I think the the fact that they the only game they won in this series was the one he didn't play most of. He's mm-hmm. kind of telling. Now I'm not. A, I don't buy the Ewing theory argument that Simmons put forth. I think it's a it's a bit of a silly like. You're not better off without your best player. Like, <laughs> just, like that's not the way sport works. Like, uh, see that theory. If he'd have put it forward that it was, you're maybe better off with the player you thought was the best player, but turns out he, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, another turn it on in soccer, but I would have used you in theory when we lost Coutinho at Liverpool. Sorry, folks, change it on soccer, but the reason why that worked out was because we bought our one of our best players of all time, which was Virgil Van Dijk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Different to play different positions, but that's that's what happened there. That's why yeah. that worked. So, you know, I, I the Ewan theory, I, I like I, I I enjoyed it when he talked about it before. Like, but it doesn't apply here. You're right. It does not apply here in the books because Giannis, any team that doesn't have Giannis is less off. Yeah, fair. Like, and and any team who get him become instant Oof. uh instant favorites. Um, I th- I think um especially like. Look at that Mavs team. Like, if you add Giannis to that, I think it's it's just unstoppable. Like you're you're talking Kevin Durant, Golden State Warriors type, you know, dominance. Um, if they can keep Brazingas fit, and they add Giannis, if they, yeah, if they can keep Brazingas fit, with that's, that's Luka, Luka yeah. controlling and in charge of those two and leading those two, uh, I I would be hard pushed to see he's going to stop them. Yeah, can we just can we just talk for a second about how much money 
Giannis is going to make, by the way. Yes, please, go ahead. $243 million over five, <laughs> over five years. Um, like, if I could wish my kids to be anything, it would be tall so they can play basketball. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm I'm four foot nothing, so I'm I'm in big trouble. Like Finn's, unless Finn takes after his uncle Brenton, uh, he's not going to play no basketball. It could be Steve Nash, but it like it's, it's, yeah. it's not going to happen. Um, like I, I I have enjoyed Giannis at the Bucks, and any Bucks fans listening to this or or whatever, any Bucks fans online, you know, it, it's not great for you at the minute to see this, yeah, and um, what's going on. But uh, like it, it, I think. This is harsh, but the Bucks aren't an attractive team. Do you know what I mean? Like you mentioned Dallas, and then obviously you think of Dallas, and you mentioned Miami. Oof, even Brooklyn now. Like Brooklyn is like it's obviously in the, in the media capital of the world, but it, there's a real hipness behind Brooklyn. It's not to sound like a douchebag there, but you know what I mean behind Brooklyn at the minute. You mentioned these teams, whereas you look at the Bucks, and it's not. It's like it's like so I think OKC struggle with this. Where it's not an appealing market, and the box is a little bit, bit more appealing than obviously than they are. But I think the likes of those teams certainly well. It's not, I know he said last night he's going nowhere and he wants to whatever and different things. But once things settle down, I think I, I agree with you. I, I think it'll be a case of this will be the NBA story after whoever wins the bubble. This will be the story of of the off season, like where he goes and what happens next, and yeah, and it, it could really shape the NBA for a few seasons. It absolutely could, but I also think it's worth pointing out that Giannis' stock has kind of fallen. Yeah, like, he's back-to-back defensive player of the year. I think he's probably going to be, awkwardly, a back-to-back MVP as well. Um, But he needs to improve his shooting. Like, he was 34% uh, outside the paint, including just 20% from three. Now, there is no excuse to be a one-in-five free-throw shooter in the 2020 NBA. Um, and I think that, like, it, it changes their offense. Like, his trees come really late in their offense. If you look at the best teams, like, um, they are not afraid to, to... You look at Denver, like, the amount of times they, they shoot really quick trees, and the Bucks rarely do that because they're waiting for Janice. He has to do that late in that he can't do... I think I see a stat today that he only hit, like, He's only hit thirty percent of his pull-up trees in his entire career, which means you have to set up his three points like really, really clinically. Um, and and so that he doesn't have a mid-range, he misses too many free throws. Like there's a, something old school about him, um, like that Shaq. You know, they used to say, "Well, just foul Shaq because he can't hit free throws." It's almost getting to the stage where teams aren't afraid to foul Janice because he'll miss, you know, forty percent of his free throws. Um, so. I, I think he does need to get better. Now, I think he will because I just don't think he... What we've learned from him, I certainly think, and again, maybe I'm being unfair and, and it's recency bias, you can't build a team around him. There has yeah. to be a better star there. And I think yeah. that's where it's critical. And that's why, like, obviously, I'd love to see him in, in the Bay Area with the Warriors. I think if you have someone like Clay, Clay Thompson around him and, and, you know, and Steph Curry, where he doesn't have to hit trees, he can just be a pure paint player, um, then I think you've got a you've got a you've got a decent team there, and that's why I think the Mavs. Like I, I keep coming back to it. If he wants to go to the West, the Mavs is the best fit because the likes of of Luca and Trey Burke can take 
the, the possession off and he just had to worry about getting into the paint, making his layups, making his dunks. And um, we have a question I've just seen on Twitter from uh, uh, Biff. Um, I think I've kind of been fairly obvious that I, I'm quite happy with my Heat pick. Um, I think it was ranked as the fourth biggest shock in uh, NBA playoff history. Um, and it would have been the first time that the number one uh, team would have been swept as well, I think, by a seed as low as they were. But no, I think the Heat still have a really, really good shot of playing in the, the, the finals. Um, I think they're going to get the rest that they want as well. I think that the the Toronto uh, Celtics series is going to go longer than than maybe anyone maybe thought after the first two games. Uh, and like talk about endings uh, to game three, that one was was right up there in terms of like unbelievable endings. But he also wants to know how you feel about your Celtics pick now that that series is a bit more up for grabs. Um, I Biff Ass was a happy. Uh... I I don't like the Celtics. Um, I just I don't really like Boston sports teams. Uh, I've said this before. Like, and I just I'm just not 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 a Celtics fan. And I must stress because uh, I know people think that's it's not because I'm half Protestant either. I don't like the Celtics for any lunatics start thinking that there. Um, which is just I can't believe I had to say that. I just um, I just think it's very 2020 that yes. Yeah, it's so stupid. Like it's not not no. If anyone knows me, they'll know that 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 is not the way I would think about things. But anyway, um, I just don't like Boston, so I'm not happy that they're going to beat the Raptors. I I think they'll beat the Raptors tonight. Um, the the this Boston team sort of they're they're, they're a bit young and they have they also have Kemba as well and they were sort of seen as a bit of a soft touch, mm. and I think it um. It was very impressive the way they came back uh, and won game five. Um, and I can just see, I, I just felt like, and I only got to see extended highlights of this, but it just sort of felt watching uh, game five. Maybe I obviously I knew the score, but it felt like Toronto just sort of had ran out of steam a little bit. And after what happened in game three, in fact, OG just decided to win the game without all that drama of the ball bouncing 16 times. He just decided, nope, just sink it and we're done. Um, you thought they were coming back into it, and they do have possibly the best coach in at the minute, Nick Nurse. You never know what's going to happen, but as people have said in other podcasts, like to Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Fleet and, and Siakam and all these guys, they've played a lot of minutes, and it looks yeah. like it's catching up on them. Um, but you, you you don't know in this bubble. You don't know in the NBA at the minute. It, it is absolutely wild. If we get half as much drama in, in the NFL as we have had in some of these bubble games and some of the bubble storylines we're in for such a treat in the NFL. But yeah, yeah, I'm not I wouldn't say I'm happy. I'd like Toronto to surprise me and come back and win this, but I don't see it. But any Celtic fans out there and against something against you, I it doesn't matter what happens because Miami Heat's going to the finals. They are, yeah. And they're gonna cause one of the LA teams serious trouble in the finals. Well, I think that's a nice move on to the LA teams because I think the yep. Clippers have have been hit and miss. I think they're very lucky they're they're taking on a Nuggets team that you know played a lot of basketball. Yeah. Um, like there was a stage in game three. Um, no, it was game two. Sorry, it was game two. The one the Nuggets won, where I think uh, Kawhi was four of sixteen, <laughs> which is just atrociously bad for a professional basketball player. Um, I I don't think that series is dead yet. I have a feeling the Nuggets win tonight and, and, and make that a little bit more interesting 
um, than than people think. Um, uh, but I do think what we've seen from the Lakers is is unbelievably good um, so far. Um, I think in both rounds they've kind of said to themselves, "We're going to take the first game." Um, and we're going to see what the other team have to offer. Um, and then we're going to treat it as a six-game series, and we're going to win four of those games. I think um, I, I, it's probably gone underrated, but the job Frank Vogel is doing there um, with this team, who we have to remember disappointed so badly last year, um, I think it's been really, really good, and I think they're going to take care. I think the Rockets probably win one more game but i think the lakers win that series four two um at the very least um and and have a decent enough rest before the before the finals uh the the western finals um yeah i i just think that like the, we're gonna have had the most interesting nba playoffs we ever had and the lakers still win it's kind of a bit boring at the end but you know nothing nothing i have seen so far in the bubble has dissuaded me from from my pick that the Lakers win it all and that's before we even get to the Kobe stuff that like is very much driving them you see it in LeBron's Instagram you see it in his post-game press conferences like they want to win this this year for Kobe Bryant and and come hell or high water they're going to do everything they can to do that yeah and like whether you're a Kobe fan or not like it's you sort of you expected this to sort of be the driving motivation that that does happen. Team like we've saw in other sports beforehand, teams have lost someone or something's happened or whatever, and and it's drove them on. Like um, like in other sports, and then there's been tragedies throughout all sports. Like, but yeah, I I don't I don't know. There's 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 something about the Heat that they just they're just such an unbelievable team together, and and don't Robertson and her hero yeah. <laughs> keep like popping up with these unreal performances and, and you just think like sometimes you know even even though they'll have LeBron and AD I think will come through the West will be stirring them down and coming at them I, I can just I can see that being a really really good final series mm. No I think and like, he's got the storyline of obviously Spoles and, uh, and LeBron and, and all that stuff um, Pat Riley Yeah yeah Jesus um, So I, 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 I think that we kind of, unless you're a Celtics fan or a Clippers fan or a Nuggets fan, or not that Nuggets fans really exist. Um, <laughs> well, outside of Denver, obviously. Um, I doubt there's many listeners to the to Babylon screen who are Nuggets fans. Uh, I think everyone's kind of rooting for a Lakers, uh, a Lakers Heat finals. Um, now, obviously, they both still have their conference finals to get through and, yeah. and their, their semifinals. Uh, not the Heat, obviously, they're there, but like, um. Yeah, I, I, I. That's the one I want to see. I want to see LeBron and AD, the best players against probably the best coach left in it. Um, and 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 like just to see how Jimmy Butler rolls into a national championship game, um, or like series of games, would be really interesting for me to see. He's one of my favorite. Players. I, I wasn't sure how I felt about him before this year, but he. Because obviously the stuff in Philadelphia, he kind of came out of that looking really bad. But I, I, I think he just needed the discipline of of a team like Miami uh, to really excel, and it's been fantastic to watch. Um, 
and in general, I think it's been a good season. Um, as short as the end of it may have been, and, uh, I think we're going to have some really good games of basketball left. It's just a shame they're all taking place so late at night now. <laughs> yeah, I was enjoying the earlier starts. Yeah, like, it was great, wasn't it? Um, uh, but yeah, like I, I don't think anyone would feel shortchanged by a, a heat like this fine. I, I wanna, like, one of the things as well, Russell Westbrook obviously left OKC and he went to the Rockets. So when when, when you're when you're a Westbrook fan and when, as I was at OKC, you're you're caught up in in, in uh, the bubble to use another turn phrase mm-hmm. um, of, of the Russell Westbrook um, planet or whatever, and and the triple double season and and different things and how he gets on, and like you're blinded by it because you just think he's on he is absolutely amazing. He, and 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 I know people like yourself and and everyone else is like he yeah he yeah he's good but. He's not as good as you think he is. And then he goes to the Rockets. And then you hear teams <laughs> live on TV say, give him the ball and let him shoot. And you think, oh, balls. <laughs> oh, oh, no, this is actually devastating. And then you find yourself laughing and thinking like, oh, no, this is really bad. And I heard the Lakers say that the other night. I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is horrendous. Like, did I just, is, that, is that true? Gave him the ball, let him shoot. That must be devastating. Like, but And, and LeBron seems to have took Russell Westbrook on yeah. as I read in this series and smashed him. And I still love Ross. Like, Ross is, like, I love them in OKC. But when he does move on, you do sort of, it is, it is weird how you can be blinded by someone at your team. And then when they move on to somewhere else, you're thinking, oh, hang on, take that back a wee bit. Yeah, there was actually parts of his game that needs worked on quite a bit. Like, um, I just thought it was so funny that the the, the Lakers obviously targeted him and just went at him. And, and Russell, look, he didn't back down. He got thirty one points last night. He's never going to hide. But it was just, uh, yeah, it was just so very funny. And LeBron just keeps coming up with these performances and and keeps st- so he's show stopping moments. And you're just thinking, like, how is he still doing this? So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. The, unfortunately, the bubble is coming to an end, but then we'll have a crazy off season. Yeah, and we're going to have like football to replace it as well. Yeah. <laughs> I should point out, by the way, I was giggling away there because my wife, who is a bigger basketball fan and a more knowledgeable than I am, just texts me in the middle of this recording and says, like, Jesus, you don't have to talk about a shite. So that's why I was <laughs> Maybe we should get her on. We should get Maybe her. She on. should do the, the bubble screen instead of us. Um, I, I well, plus we know what's going to happen in the off season. The Warriors are going to win it, and we're going to yeah. be talking next year about how the Warriors are going to have Giannis and Steph Curry and Draymond Green, and not, probably keep Wiggins and probably have Clay Thompson. So that's that's going to be horrendous for everyone else. But um, I think that'll do us for this week. It, it record us on Wednesday night. I'm going to have this edited hopefully tonight or tomorrow, and have it up possibly Thursday night, Friday morning. It'll be up for you, but. Keep an eye out as well for Steve's latest post, which will be up on his Medium blog and will also be on his Twitter. We will obviously share that and get that out there on Sports Bubble as well and do our bit. Yeah. Um, Steve, as always, thank you for doing this. It's my one of my highlights of my week, and I love doing it. Like It's just two mates chatting. And yes, finally, the NFL is coming back, and we're looking forward to it tomorrow night. Hopefully, the Chiefs and Texans fire up something tasty. Um, if you want to catch any of our stuff, just type in the Sports Babble uh, on all your social media apps, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You'll find us. And um, we're across all your podcast apps. Um, I have just decided to use Spotify for everything now. Uh, that's probably because I listen to a lot of the Ringer stuff. But I've used Spotify for everything. It's very handy. You'll find us on there. And um, enjoy the rest of your week. And if you're playing fantasy, all the best. Apart from if you're in my league, I hope you all lose and I win. Good luck. <laughs>